Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the show that's coming to you on the day where most of us have been grounded. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I've been grounded anyway. I tried leaving the house for 40 minutes this morning and managed to make it two miles from my house, and then due to the snow, which of course means that everything closes down in England, I had to go back home. My name is Tosin, I am your host, and I am joined today by Sharon Bolland on the Isle of Wight. Hello, no snow. No, no snow on the Isle of Wight. It is the sunniest place in the UK, so oh, nice to know. And Holly Neslin in London. How's it down south? Any snow? Uh, not here today since I've had the curtains open, but there could have been snow before. It's definitely damp. Okay, all right. Okay, I'm, a, I'm in the it's Midlands. Ten- what was that? Sorry? Yeah. Balmy 10 degrees here. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, we were having like minus four. It was snowing. There were cars crashing into things, and there was like brakes not working on cars. And yeah, so, so uh, yeah, nothing, nothing has happened today. Nothing has happened today. But we have had oh, that's which is part of the reason why I actually thought because all my meetings this morning got cancelled. I was like, oh, all right, this has been a bit of a. Oh, maybe I could go to the cinema and oh no, forget that nonsense. It's just gonna crash somewhere. <laughs> But we, if you do not know what we do on this podcast, what we do is that we go to the cinema every week and we see a couple of uh, couple of movies. We stay at home and watch a couple of things. We weigh them all, weigh them all out of five and weigh up where has the money been better to spend this week. Now, I say we go to the cinema every week. This is one of those weeks where we have managed to not make it to the cinema. <laughs> Between between the four of us, there's only three of us here today, there's usually four of us, but between the four of us, we have singularly failed to make it to a cinema. Now, um, I have snow, that's my excuse, well, I have snow and a knife that was on whites, on, no, a knife that, no, a wife that was on nights, not a knife that was on whites. <laughs> a wife that was on nights. <laughs> yeah, a wife that was on nights, which means that, which meant I couldn't make it to the cinema. What's your excuses? Apathy. Yeah, broadly speaking, <laughs> um, I think I've been busy. Oh, yes, International Women's Day art show. Pilates. What else have I done? <gasps> Graceland reimagined. <laughs> so, so Sharon, Sharon, just apathy on your, on, your, on your part? Yes. Was it just that there was nothing I wanted to see, or was it just kind of like a general ugh, cinema? The only things, because uh, I, I have an eye on what's coming out, and uh, I must admit, I tend to think if it's being reviewed, I don't have to see it. <laughs> 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 so I looked down what was available, and there was nothing that we hadn't reviewed. So I was thinking, am I that interested in seeing the ones that I haven't seen? Um, but like, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there was nothing that we haven't reviewed that was out that I wanted to watch. What was that, Holly? I'm going tomorrow. What are you going to see tomorrow? Cocaine Bear. Oh, Cocaine Bear, yeah. Yes, yeah. Because I saw two last week, so I saw Cocaine Bear and What's Love Got to Do with It last week. Yeah. So now, Sharon, but you mentioned something that's actually kind of weird. Since we started doing this, I do often feel that if one of you has seen something, only at the cinema, though. I feel like if one of you has seen something at the cinema, I'm like, well, I don't have to see it. <laughs> and th- there's very few things that I have watched in the cinema after one of you has reviewed it, which is which is one of the reasons why with Ant-Man and the Wasp, I was like, okay, can we hold it off until next week? I haven't seen it yet. Because once you guys talk about it, I probably would have seen it anyway, but I think like the enthusiasm to watch it would have waned. <laughs> it would have, which is which is a very, very weird group thing. So what we have for you this week instead is that we are going to do some trawling through some Netflix and Friends stuff. We have uh, every now and then, well, as we said, some of one of us watches something and somebody will go after we've reviewed it somebody will actually go and watch it again so we have a couple of things like that and sharon i'm going to let you start i'm going to let you kick off and let you see i'm not sure if you've had an apathetic week if this is the show that you should have been watching this might have had something to do with your apathy (laughs) but you finally watched wednesday on netflix so we're going to do a little bit of a report back we're going to have we're going to have two of them this week where something has already been reviewed and someone's going to review and say this is what i thought about it so sharon what did you think about wednesday yes i'm very late party because i I know it's sort of been everywhere Um, but i just haven't had a chance to watch so yeah i finally caught up with wednesday um I liked it. I, I remember, but I remember 
having your from your review that you were of an age where you saw Adam's family at sort of like the age of 10 and then you saw Adam's yep. family values a little bit later now, obviously I was sort of 20 because I'm yeah I was I'm sort of 10 years older than you oh yeah <laughs> yep, yep, that's true. so yeah I was sort of 20 when um, Adam's family came out and then obviously a bit older than that when and I don't have I remember watching the television program a long time ago but I have no real attachment to it so I know you were saying about Tosin you were saying in the program how you were quite the, the feel of it the, the show that how it and you know sometimes that 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 sort of clashing cultures between like a teen film and what you know to be Adam's family yeah and so um, I was—I didn't have that so much. I did like—I did appreciate some of the tropes that came out. You know, as we—I think you mentioned in the review—how when you go around the dining room, there's like the there's the vampires. There's the, <laughs> it's like they're like instead of the goths, you've got the vampires. Instead of all the like the jocks, you've got the werewolves, and then you've got the sirens. And instead of being like the mean girls, you've got the sirens. So I liked—I appreciated those nods to those. Or well, to like the house uh, or high school thing. Which was something that thing. something that's done very well in another film. We shall be having a report back on later today. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I appreciated that, and then obviously it becomes a who done it, doesn't it? And I must admit, I guessed who did it from like episode one or two because I thought it's going to be them and it's going to be them. That yeah. was my first thoughts. Yeah. And then halfway through, I'm thinking, well, am I really am I right? And then I was thinking, no, I am pretty sure that it's them and them, and. Um, <laughs> I wasn't disappointed in that. <laughs> I think if you've read mysteries, you 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 read the clues, don't you? When if you if you're familiar with mystery stories and novels and anything, yeah, I, I read the clues and I thought it's them. Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed but... it. I thought. No, no, Karen, Karen. If you guess who it is beforehand, it doesn't take it away because you think. Yeah, I, it doesn't take it away because it's they do lay the breadcrumbs and they lay false trials and that is just classic sort of that sort of genre. Um, though I liked it, I thought it was well done. Yeah, there's that awkwardness of the fish out of water, even though she's supposed to be, you know, with amongst her own that, kind. Yeah, amongst outsiders. the element. Yeah. So she's an outsider amongst outsiders. So that's interesting sort of twist on it but no no I, I enjoyed it I thought it was well done well acted as you say the set design was you know, spectacular they weren't there in a few times because I was watching it on my television oh it's not HD when I was watching it and some of the scenes when they're in crypts and in caves and things were a little uh, way too dark so yeah. there's, <laughs> there's a couple of scenes where I was thinking oh, I've got no idea what's going on <laughs> and they make comments about, oh, you're wearing your snood. And I was like, I can't see your snood at all. <laughs> I'll take your word, you're wearing a snood. <laughs> so, but that didn't really detract from the fact that there was a bit murky. And I was thinking, I'm just going to imagine what's going on here because I can hear it, but I can't see much of it other than shadows moving in the gloom. But that was, that was fine. I think if I'd been in HD, it would have been better. But no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good fun. I can appreciate why it's become the phenomenon it has. Um, obviously it's got that look that I know people I know World Book Day a lot of my friends were saying they've refused to let their little girls so like sort of six and seven year olds go as Wednesday Adams because obviously it's a teen drama and it's a 12 certificate on it they're aware of it these little ones but he says it's inappropriate for a six year old to go as Wednesday Adams so I probably she's probably alone in that there's probably hundreds of Wednesday Adams in primary schools around oh yeah well if you went back to the 90s and watched the 90s version I think it would be fine but <laughs> But that's why I liked it. Yeah, to me, I'd give it a. a I don't know. I, can't, I didn't get as far as your reviews, your stars. So I would give it without remembering what you scored it. I'd give it a strong three, not quite a four for me, but I'd give it a definite strong three. If it was well worth it, well worth yeah. seeing, enjoyable, fun, uh, dark humour. Yeah. I think I was a three. I think Holly was a four. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I was sort of hovering between a three and a four. So to me, it's sort of you know the top end of a three. If we can mm. give it a three with a kick, I would say it was a three with a kick. Oh, okay, cool. Quick question. What did you think of Catherine Zeta-Jones? I liked her as Morticia. I said, yeah, she was a bit emotional because I know Morticia is not emotional other than for Gomez. Her children are almost like incidental, so you see a bit more of a maternal <laughs> side to her. Yeah. Because it's always about her and Gomez, isn't it? It's just like, oh, have I got children? Okay. Yeah. Um, but yes, I saw that you see that maternal side to her. Um Yes, yeah, so it didn't offend me. I thought I thought she did it well. I thought she looked the part. Um, every now and then, I thought it was a little bit too studied the way she was walking. I thought 
that's a little bit you can feel that that glide was a little bit studied for me um, it didn't feel like well, this is how you would normally walk in fact like I'm doing this look at me I'm, I'm doing the Morticia walk mm. but, apart from that I, I, I liked her okay alright cool I wasn't cool. quite sure if Uncle Fester was as grotesque because I remember Uncle Fester in the past oh no he wasn't um, but again it was he was fun he was fun it, but yeah I remember yeah them being more grotesque he wasn't he, he he was um but um that was more than made up for for they they definitely upped the grotesqueness on Gomez so <laughs> yes they did yeah he was certainly more yes. yeah they, yeah more so all right okay cool so thank you very much for our feedback on Wednesday the Netflix series Wednesday so to see whether because I think this this section, I was always kind of like, almost wanted to call it like, did I agree with you? <laughs> when we come back and we say something. And Sharon, you have managed to be very, very diplomatic and agree with both Holly and myself. But <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Yeah, yes. You, 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 you liked all the things Holly liked, um, but you gave it the same star rating I did. <laughs> but... <laughs> But anyway, anyway. I'm to be cautious <laughs> with my book reviews. I'm known as I have a book book sirens. I review advanced reader copies of some novels and I give them a review. They Ooh. say I'm strict. Amongst other book reviewers, I am very strict. <laughs> so I tend to be um, yeah, a strict reviewer. So yeah, that's probably where other people would go for four or fives. I'm not like a three and four. Rarely oh. five. Oh, oh, cool, good stuff. Good. Oh, I want to hear more about that. But <laughs> we're gonna fire on. That's that's so, okay. So I just heard, I just saw Holly move her mouth, but I heard nothing come out. I don't think I was saying anything profound. All right, cool. I think it was something to do about the book reviews. But we shall move on, and we're gonna move on to BBC iPlayer, and this is something that I have seen called "I am I being unreasonable." The answer to that, usually with me, is a resounding yes. I am being unreasonable. But this is a Daisy May Cooper. Starring and written by show, along with oh, I've forgotten the other woman's name, uh, Sidel Sidley. Oh, I'm gonna have to look that up before the end of the show. But it's um, and I'm not sure. Have you guys ever seen This Country, the TV show This Country, which stars Daisy May Cooper? I'm aware and I of believe... it without having seen it. Yeah, know of it, but yeah, also not seen it. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I know of it, and I've heard people raving about it. But that was the big thing that Daisy May Cooper that brought that brought her to attention, and she, she's now she popped in a whole bunch of different comedy comedic type things. And she's she seems to be given like um like uh at the moment the BBC like her, and so she was in something called Witchfinder General, I know, and then now this is something that she's 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 created, and um the plot in this one is you kick off by meeting this woman, and she's married, she has a son. And she's a very, very irresponsible mother. Very So the kind of mother who is like asleep on the sofa in the morning because she got drunk the night before and a kid comes into the room and goes, I've got to get to school. Come on, are we going to go to school? And he's the one who's actually pulling her, trying to get her to go to school with him and all that. You get the idea that not everything is okay between her and her husband. Like, you know, maybe life has, in as they've grown older, life has sort of like, you know, worn them down. And you find out that there was something traumatic that happened in her past with, uh, with, a previous relationship that she had something traumatic happened with her at a train station and they sort of seed this in like throughout the first episode and through the whole rest thing and there's a bit of it where then another mum shows up at the school and this other mum shows up at the school but this mum is a bit cagey as to who she is like she shows up at the school gate and she doesn't know the code of the gate and she's trying to ask for the code of the gate of other mums and you're asking why don't you know the code it was sent out in an email and it so they they set this whole thing up, which is is not this isn't strictly a comedy. It's more of a kind of like a mystery drama, so to say. Like who are all these people? What is going on? So you have Daisy May Cooper. You have a you have a husband. You have the son. They have this other other person, other mother who shows up, whose son is in her class, but seems to sort of like sidle their way into their own into their lives and becomes like her best friend because she doesn't really have any friends. And there, why is this woman coming into her life? And why is this woman every now and then clandestinely filming her on her phone? And <laughs> what does that link to? And so there's there's all these things that come in, and it becomes a very sort of domestic. I they're, they're somewhere like the Cotswolds. I'm not sure it's exactly the Cotswolds, but they live somewhere like the Cotswolds. And because this is from a very domestic mystery of why are all these people doing all these different things? Why does this woman who showed up seem to know her husband? Why? Do, <laughs> and it's it's 
And it carries on and carries on for about six episodes until you figure out exactly what happens. As you might notice, I'm trying to be a little bit coy so as to not give away spoilers. <laughs> and yep. when, yeah, so when it comes to, this was a weird one for me. It was a weird one for me because there were bits of it that I was liking. There were bits of it I was thinking, get on with it. There were bits of it where I was thinking, it where I wasn't sure they did some things where, this is what usually happens in this kind of TV show. And they set it up and then they go in a different direction. And I would usually think that, theoretically speaking, I should like that. I should like the fact that they didn't do what has always been done. But then they did this, I was kind of like, ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> when they switched it, it's kind of like, almost kind of like, a, what, really, That that's it? I, I was expecting more, I was expecting fireworks. So I think the performances are good. I think especially the child actors, the the guy who plays the son is really really good, and um and I would recommend it, and it's one of those things that I would begrudgingly give a four. I'll begrudgingly give a four because I can look I can look at it like I'm like I. It's good, it's good, it's well put together. They've done some clever narrative things. But I am not entirely enjoying it. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's it's one of them. So I I I think that there's some stuff it says that might have something to do. And this, I'll tell you, okay, there's sometimes when I'm watching TV that I get worried that I am I am a bit I get worried that there's a little bit of a misogynist in me. And so sometimes when something is created by a woman and comes from a like point of view from something else, I don't know whether I'm just reacting to, oh, this is not the way I've always seen it before, and therefore blah, 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 therefore I don't like it. Or if it's actually genuinely something different or saying something about a, a female situation that I just have no access to understanding. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. It, and it happens like that sometimes. So essentially what I'm saying is I would like you guys to watch it and tell me. Tell me, tell me how much of a misogynist pig I'm being. <laughs> but, uh, but, I, but having said that, I do, I do think I would give it a four. I do think it's a good show. I, it unfortunately sets itself up. F well, it, it leaves it in such a way that it could have a second season uh, or it could stop. It, or that, that could be where it stops. And I think like most of these things, it would be a lot more powerful if it stopped. <laughs> if it didn't come back for, if it didn't come back for a second series. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, am I being re unreasonable with Daisy Cooper, Daisy May Cooper on um, a BBC iPlayer? So four stars for that. Does somebody I have a question? More, I was going to say, I wish more things would stop after one series and not try to have a second one. It's like the Midwich Cuckoos. I hope that doesn't ever come back with a second series. It absolutely could, but it's much more powerful to stop than when it does. Yeah, I, I mean, from a business point of view, I can understand why you would want to do that. Yeah. Be because everything is a risk. Everything is a risk, and you don't know whether it's going to work or not. And if you okay, and if if you're going to try and if you're going to try and have like you know the idealist head on, if you make one thing that is successful, it gives you enough money to take a chance on a whole bunch of other things. That's not what usually happens. They find something that's successful and they milk it and milk it and milk it until they destroy it, and then they try they try and replace it without ever taking a risk on anything new. That's what tends to happen. But I mean, so with with that head on, like, so I can understand that if you've done something, I you know people like this. Let's give them more of it and let's make more money. Let's, let's uh, from my point of view, I'm like, hey, let's keep some more cameramen in business and let's keep some more actors and directors and keep the industry going by this thing that people like and let's give them more of it. I understand that. But there are some times when it's kind of like you can see they only had story for, <laughs> they only had story for one, for, for one. And then you have to, jump over backwards and jump through hoops and tie yourself in pretzels trying to restart the story like the last matrix movie but um while i was thinking about that i was watching that keeps popping up on my list to watch the, the most recent series of handmaiden's tale or handmaid's tale yeah yeah handmaid's i mean tale, yeah. it had this sort of it came back um obviously with the very iconic the red and the these wimples almost and um first couple of seasons where even that gone beyond the book I thought yeah amazing and then as they went on I'm thinking how many times can she sort of 
get sort of escape and then get recaptured and escape and get recaptured and going back into Gilead. And, and this last season, I've literally watched the first episode and I thought, you know what? I'm almost to the point of I don't really care. I'm done. What yeah. else you do with these characters? I've you know I've I've had enough now. I think I and so I haven't actually managed to watch this last season. I just got to the point where I thought, what else can you do? She's escaped from Gilead, so she's going to go back into Gilead again and then get escape again. What, Sounds like prison what break. What more can you do with it? I I gave up about three series ago. I was just like it's it's done what I need to do, and I've got um, oh gosh, I can't think what the name of the sequel is. Testaments. Yes, which I haven't read. I haven't. I haven't read it yet either. <laughs> I bought it as soon as it came out. Yep, yep. I had it on pre-order. It arrived. Never opened it. I haven't read it yet. I'm not read it yet. Will do. And I gather Margaret Atwood has a new book out because Kindle alerted me today, as a as an aside. Yes, I think I've got an alert as well saying this is the author that you've read. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so I would uh, um. Uh, but essentially, what you've just ex what you just described, Sharon, is the same reason why the fourth season of Killing Eve came and went and barely registered, fairly fairly flickered on my memory. I'm like, when I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, there is a fourth season. Hmm. Oh well, carry on with my life. <laughs> so much, you've just got to know when to end it. Because I was thinking, if you look at something like Detectorists, they did sort of, I think three seasons and then like two Christmas specials, and that's like that's it. And like the, this latest Christmas special they did is like sort of four or five years after it. I think the the regular like Mackenzie Crook and Toby Jones is like they know they want they know their story. They know what, when is enough. And I think they've said you know as much as people clamour for it and they want it, if the story's not there, we're not doing it. And so they've said you know this is it. And it's yeah. almost like a perfect. I wish only was in the building and done it because I'm disappointed there's another series of that coming and i can't believe i'm disappointed to get, get up there, yeah yeah o only murders in the building i mean i eventually saw season two and i have to say only murders in the building season two the best thing about it is the characters you love the characters and you love hanging out with the characters but it is lacking in story Seas yeah. season two of murder i have to admit it's the diminishing returns yeah the, the story isn't there and even start thinking about the story for Longer than five minutes, you're like, wait a second. How the, no, and what the, and what the, and secret tunnel? And, <laughs> and, and it, it, it does, it does kind of fall apart. But it's, so, and the third season, it seems like it's being pushed a bit much. But, I mean, they yeah. got Meryl Streep in it. So, I think what, the, what they're banking on is, you're just going to love the people who are in it. Even though that the mystery surrounding them might not be up to scratch. And also, it's selling Hisley. Selene Hisley is the other lady who plays Jen in Am I Being Unreasonable, and she co-wrote this with Daisy May Cooper. Um, cool. Sorry, sorry for forgetting about your name, Celine. Um, now, uh, we are going to move on. After that impromptu chat, which I quite liked about things going on for way too long, um, <laughs> like this podcast, um, we are going to go to Netflix, and this is something that Holly saw, and I, incidentally, we didn't plan it or anything like that, Netflix just shoved it in our face, in my face, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? I'm doing all the washing up. I might as well put this on. There's only three episodes, and this is the murder, the murder mur murders. How do you say it? How would you say it, Coley? Murder, Murdoch. People seem to. I thought, I thought murder as well, but I'm sure I heard somebody in it pronouncing it Murdoch. Yep, yep. The, I, 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 I heard, like... I heard, I heard three different pronunciations of this during the <laughs> during this. There was Murdoch. Mm -hmm. There was Murdo. There was probably Murdow. <laughs> the Murdow and boys. Sure There'll be, be like class and location and things that will. And know, and vary. and there there will be the there'll be those who do it the original Scottish way and there'll be those who do it in some sort of South Carolina rised way. But anyway, tell yeah. us what this is about. So it's it's a fairly well known story these days. Uh, about and it's a it's a you know true crime piece. Um, there is a family which we were called the the Murdo family in South Carolina, who are prominent, very prominent in the county they they live in. They have been there from word dot, uh, incredibly rich, uh, all lawyers, real presence, but they are repeatedly involved involved in you know tragedies. It begins. The first episode is all about the very tragic 
death of a young woman who is, would have, I think it was about 17, uh, who was out on a boat with a group of friends, which included the younger Murdo boy. And an accident happened and she, and she died. And the, the first episode does a lot of looking back over what had happened there and the fact that the family whenever anything goes wrong for any of them the family dives straight in and you know the, the first call if something happens isn't that you call the police or you call an ambulance you call your father mm. so all this sort because of he can talk to the police <laughs> yes and and you find that he's there in the hospital straight after the accident you know and talking to people before the police have had a talk had a chance to talk to them and it's all it all feels very shady and it it goes to trial if i remember rightly the first murder first death um and i mean none of this is, they, is they in end, any way they end up in a courtroom yeah yeah it, there's, there are no spoilers involved in this because it's all it, it's literally all over the news again at present um so it's there the the son yet yeah, never never spends any time in prison he's you know hanging out living his best life in there one of their many family properties with you know other people coming in with plenty of booze and plenty of drugs and his life has changed not at all but you see all around the edges with the interviews of the friends and the family of the girl who died how they're falling apart and trying to understand and you know bring their lives back together after this then moves on to some backstory about the older brother and you know a, a sort of unexplained <clears throat> death as well and you see this pattern continually building up about how nothing ever you know they are untouchable and eventually suddenly there appears under somewhat mysterious circumstances the younger son and the wife are killed they're shot to death on the family property and who who would have thought but the the, um, the husband might turn out to be a suspect and it's a very well documented case because the trial his trial has literally just concluded i believe it like, it like like two weeks ago yeah so in fact it was about when i what just before i watched it the trial had concluded and he was tried for the murder of his wife and son and you've got the build-up of this family who are yeah who have been on you know pedestals and then the downfall of the family as well as you know slowly the you know the lies the machinations the manipulations fall apart it was i found it incredibly interesting i'm not the uh, True, true crime isn't at the very top of my list of things I watch. I say that, but my favourite podcast is Small Town Murders. So, <laughs> but I really, really enjoyed it. Um, enjoyed is enjoyed the right word. Oh, you see, no, no, this is uh, when you said you wanted to talk about this. You said that we could also have a talk about the rise of true crime, and this is yeah. it's something that it's something that I want to talk about. But there's something you said. You said here where you said there's no spoilers in this because this has all been documented. So my question is, if it's all been documented and there's no spoilers, then why watch it? Yeah, and um, I think it's got to be the insights into. A, the insights into people, but also, I think, to some extent, prurience. We're just, we all like watching tragedy unfold in a, you know, probably fairly fairly base level of humanity sort of way. Okay, so, all right. All right, okay, so how many stars would you give? Because I, I, I want to I wanna wrap up the review of this before we start talking about true crime and its maladies, like, uh, as, yeah. a, as a wider thing. I'm going four. Yep, I'm going to give it four. I'll, I'll give it four as well because it is a very well put together documentary. I do think that the thing that this gives you is it gives you the, like, there are some of the interviews they have because there were six kids on this boat originally and five of them survived, one of them didn't. And they interview all of the kids who are still alive. They interview them 
and they speak direct to camera and they talk about their recollections of this. The way they cut the the interviews together is very, very good. They speak to their families as well. But I think the the emotion and the recollection and people are talking about their friend and talking about what happened on that day and then it's just really well. I think that the directors have done very, very well to get really compelling stuff out of the people. So so I agree with you, even though it's all documented, and I read something on the BBC website about this, that which is how I actually even recognized the name Murdoch when it came on my on my screen. <clears throat> where, um, nice. Even though that the insights, this is almost kind of like the inside story from the people who were there. And there's people who are in, in, in the documentary saying, I'm actually scared talking to you right now because I don't know what they're going to do to me. And it's and it, so it is it is a bit compelling. But Sharon, now you used to work with the police. Yeah. You used to work, so as somebody who used to work with the police, what do you think about this true crime podcast TV show thing bo- documentary boom that we're seeing at the moment? I don't tend to watch them personally because I tend to look at them and see it from a procedural sort of point of view. Mm-hmm. Where um, obviously I dealt with murders, but in my role because I used to record and analyze crime, that was my principal role for nearly twenty six years. Mm-hmm. So. I would, um, yeah, we would look at all crimes from the most sort of, you know, criminal damage, thefts, burglaries, violent crime, sexual offences, and murders. So we would we would deal with everything that you know, came up. And so over the, in those years, I did deal with my share of murders. We didn't have any undetected murders on the island because um, nearly all murders that had we had one where there had to be there was a, a protracted investigation. It wasn't an an, an instant detection as it's called because normally when you find out about a murder you know who's done it because they're at the scene it's like you might you you've got the murder you've got the the, the the offender straight away yeah yeah it's because it's normally domestic or it's drug related or it's I guess crime special, related i guess especially on the island yeah and so we had one stranger murder in my 26 years and that was they were found but it was uh, that was the only Stranger murder we had in twenty six years. Ooh, ooh. maybe maybe we could become part of the problem. We could do our own true crime podcast. <laughs> Small island so murders. I, yeah, I at, <laughs> that's right. So I'm um, I'm interested in it as, as, in terms of you know I do I watch occasionally when I want to find out about the investigation. So big cases that we're aware of, I, I I've watched some of those things like about Yorkshire Ripper and about I saw the one about Ray. Um, I've got his name now. It's gone out of my head. He was the the acid bath murderer. Anyway, I've, I've watched some of those, but it's not really something that I I watch because um, I tend to sort of my head my sort of police head switches back on, and um, <laughs> I've got rid of that like Aunt Sally and Wells will come in. That head is gone. <laughs> it's it, it's a bit it's a bit like a, a bit like how my wife cannot watch um, medical programs, although she started watching. She doesn't med- want to watch Casualty, does she? Oh, she no, heck no. She doesn't. I think it has to be very, very good for her to actually even. And like, there was one. There's one called Maternal on ITVX, and she started watching that, and she actually quite likes that. Um, but um, like for instance, you know, what was that show with uh Ben Whishaw? Uh, is this is gonna hurt? This is going to this hurt. Is gonna hurt. Yeah. Tried watching the first episode. My wife was like, "No, can't do it. Too real." And well, <laughs> I just went to university with him, so. Yes, yes. That, well, went to the same university, but he wasn't there at the same time we were there, was he? He was. He was. Yeah. Oh, oh well, yeah. Cool. Yeah, never know. Yeah, we, medics. Uh, who we knows? Have, we have many many mutual friends. Do you? So, yeah. Oh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well. Well, that's that's. Oh. Okay. So if Holly has many mutual friends with. But with Adam K, does that mean I have many? Oh no! Oh, maybe, maybe it <laughs> I would imagine so. I would claim, yeah. yeah I, 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 this is, you know, this is, you know, this is going to end up being. I am a close personal friend of Adam K. Actually, <laughs> yeah. that's that's what this is going to turn out to. All right, cool. But uh, I'll tell you. But okay, my thing with true crime is, I feel that it's exploitative. I feel like it's almost kind of like. Well, I, I, I think a lot... Well, okay, the Murdoch murders, murders was quite well done, and I feel like that's actually... They seem to have an aim, which is we can't let these people get away with this because these people are so rich and they're so powerful that silence is really their power. And making sure that everybody is silent is their real power. And they, this documentary exists to make sure that we don't stay silent and that they don't use that to sort of like sweep this under the rug and then just ignore all the things that they have done. Um... So there are some like that, but I think I feel like a lot of them. It's almost kind of like 
it's one of the problems I'm beginning to have with extremely gory stuff or extremely sort of like violent action movies nowadays, where it feels like it's just glorifying this thing that okay. I don't think we should be glorifying. And it's sort of like the, the true crime. It's kind of like you're glorifying the crime because without the crime, there wouldn't be anything. And it's like the fact that you have, and even on Netflix now that you switch on and then there's a show called Meet, Marry, Murder, that is that is shoved in my face <laughs> almost every time you switch on, and it's kind of like and the the word that is supposed to pull you in is the murder is the murder so you're supposed to come in here because you want to come in here you want to like learn about the murder oh my god the murder and this true crime thing has become such a big thing that they're not even making scripted tv shows about true crime investigators <laughs> like truth be told which i spoke about the other week and there's something a bit icky about the whole true crime thing that I don't feel all of them have a point like we want to make sure that the perpetrator doesn't get away or something like the thin blue line which if you want to go all the way back to like the 80s 90s which was all about we want to make we think that the wrong person's in jail and we're going to make this thing that's going to investigate it put it in the public eye and then actually got the guy released from jail some of them, I feel like just glorifying in the murder and glorifying in the misery of and you get through, uh, they are like reveling in it a bit. Mm. Yeah, and so and, it, and it really worries me. It, it really worries me. Yeah, I think they sort of make more of it. I think the, as we used to describe it in my policing days, um, most murders are GBH has gone wrong. They're where someone has been stabbed, for example, and by ha by sheer chance they've nicked the heart and they've bled to death. Yeah. Or someone has been, um, I'm just trying to think of the ones I'm aware of. The domestic ones are always a bit grotesque because it is violent. Mm. Um, but the most of them are what we would describe as like it's a, a, a punch where people think that, you know, you can take a lot of damage by being hit. But you hit someone really hard, and they go down, they hit their head. You can fracture a skull and they can die. Yeah. So it's not these arch criminals they're not like the Moriarty's they're not like planning these most of them are GBH's that have just gone wrong where they intend to hurt someone but they don't actually intend to kill them but because they were reckless and recklessness is defined as um, you have to have a reasonable foreseeable outcome so yeah. if you stab someone you may not intend to kill them but it's reasonable to foresee that if you stab someone harm can come to them yeah. and they could die so you would charge and GBH with it, you know, gone wrong with murder because it's either with intent or with recklessness. And the majority of murders are that element of recklessness. There isn't that element of intent or pre-planning or anything like that. So when they sort of make these murders like this, oh, these, yeah, they've done this, they've got the, they really, it's like, no, most murders are not pre-planned, these sort of ma criminal masterminds. They are people who are violent and aggressive and they've gone too far. Yeah, it's, I was, it's, it's an opportunist or it's very quick I think it's why I enjoy the, the, the podcast of small town murders which is the comedy ultimately even though they're obviously not laughing at murder yeah. or the victims or the victims families they make that very clear but they are set up if, it's very much a, you won't believe how stupid this is and how bad people were at investigating this and how awful the lawyers were and how on earth this could possibly have happened because it's so ridiculous um, which I think is, uh, I don't know, is is arguably also a bit unpleasant because you are sort of reveling in an awful yeah. thing. I mean, I've yeah. got this, my only personal experiences is, I mean, I can't claim anything other than a, a distant relationship, but one of my cousins was murdered by her husband and it, she did feature, her murder did feature on one of these true crime television programmes, oh, which wow. I haven't seen. <laughs> um, but I can claim nothing for myself because she grew up miles away. She grew up on the mainland. I didn't, I, I just don't, I racked my brains. I might have met her once as a when she was a child, but I mean, you know, it's one of those things. It's we were, she's like my second or my third cousin. It's we're not a close relationship, but yeah. I saw the impact that had on my my uncle, who was her grandfather, and then her parents, who are my first cousins, and her aunt, who is I'm very close to. One of my cousins, I'm very close to. So I saw, even though I didn't particularly know Louise very well, I certainly saw the impact this had on everyone around it so i tend to have that in my head thinking i you know i'm not comfortable in, for some of these ones where they um they use it as entertainment 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, um, uh, I'm getting old, but yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm not comfortable with being entertainment anymore. Like, oh, oh, Holly, a TV show that I think might be right up your alley that I need somebody to explain to me. Have you seen the show called You on Netflix? No, I haven't. Have you heard I of it? I have, and I'm I aware of it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, every time it comes up, I was like, I don't really want to watch that. Okay, cool, I, good. I, I feel quite firm with it, and I can't explain why, because I know it's acclaimed, it's meant to be brilliant. But everybody says it's brilliant. Everybody says that it's bonkers, it's this, it's that. Everybody thinks, it's almost kind of like, I get the idea that it's it's kind of funny, but I'm like, it's about a serial killer. And if you're yeah. on season four, it's about a serial killer who gets away He's with it. Away with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's and, and it's like we're coming we're coming back with every single season to be like, right, let's see who he's gonna kill this time. And and it's it might be in the execution of the show, um, if you pardon the pun, it might be in the execution <laughs> of the show that actually that makes it different. But I can't get over myself to actually watch it to find out. But anyway, I just thought well, but yeah, I, I my problem is I feel like a lot of them are exploitative. I think a lot of them sort of glorify the crime the murder and they seem to revel in it and i really don't like that i really 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 don't um um which um, I, I think if you're going to have an approach to it uh, the tv show unforgotten because what you were just sort of saying sharon about how most people most murders it's not like someone who was plotting it's not someone it's like most it's like most people who are in prison for murder have only ever killed one person and it's not so that they've, yeah. they've done it regularly. And it, and it's yeah, Sanjeev Bhaskar, who is in Unforgotten. He was talking about that and says that Unforgotten takes that more realistic procedural approach of let's try and get justice for this person. And um, yeah. and which is why I think it's, it's actually one of the best. I really, really That's like Unforgotten. Yeah. I really and that like is why I watched, I did watch a program about the, the investigation into catching the Yorkshire Ripper. Mm. And it, the program I saw about that was interesting. I mean, it's a little while ago now, probably more than a year ago. Um, but it went into the police procedures, things that went right and things that went wrong about the investigation. But it's also in some ways reclaiming the victims. Yeah. Because they often had this title of like, oh, you know, sex workers, prostitutes. And the majority of them weren't. And even those are the ones who did, that doesn't like justify what happened to them or, yeah. or mitigate what happened to yes, them. I think I it was almost like... Yeah, it was like reclaiming these women and reclaiming the story that it wasn't about him, it was about them. And so that was the only one of those sort of things that I've watched because it's almost like saying, well, this is their story, not his. Yeah. And that they're the ones who need to be, it's like, don't glamorize him, remember them. And yeah, yeah, this yeah. Was a, the tragedy of this story is not that, you know, it's about that these women were taken away from their families, taken away from people who loved them. Yeah. And that they weren't these sort of loner, drugged out prostitutes. <laughs> they were, you know, even you know, drug addicted prostitutes have got a right to live and they have a right to dignity in death as well yeah. as in, even if it was denied them in life. So I thought, yeah, I liked that one because it did reclaim the story back to to those women yeah. who didn't deserve what happened to them. I think the murder series did that well very much with the young woman who was yes. killed. Yes, and Mallory. And focus on who she was her relationship with people, how her friends felt about her, about what her loss had yeah. meant to them. But it is, as I say that, of course, I am mindful that she was a, you know, a beautiful blonde white girl. And, you know, people are always much... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ...publicly moved by the, the deaths of... of beautiful blonde white girls than they okay, are. Uh, I'll get, yeah. I'm laughing at this this feels this feels entirely appropriate because we're talking about somebody who died but I was actually in a stand-up I was at a I went to a stand-up club and somebody made a joke exactly about that and about how if you if you're a certain type of way forget about it you're dead you're gone no one, <laughs> no one remembers about you but if you are if you're another way everybody cares about you but having said that I mean the because I, I Final thing I'm going to say on this is that they on on the murder murders anyway, was that there was a there's a scene in it that has to do with her boyfriend, her boyfriend, and there was a scene in it that that kind of stabbed me in the heart. It just kind of like it, there's just a shot. They show a picture while he's talking about her and what he was thinking and what how how what how and they, there's this picture they show 
that just that it just it just stabbed me in the heart when when they, and and I think those sort of shots and the, they're the kind of things that sort of that bring home the fact that look there there's people whose lives have been forever changed in some cases possibly destroyed by this and it shouldn't be forgotten that and it, it it's one of the biggest it's one of the biggest adverts against drink boating that I think I've ever seen even though I didn't know drink boating was a thing so I was just gonna say I have to say I think some of it made me cry yeah actually watching I found yeah. it so moving and we know I'll cry at anything but <laughs> okay and, and now it. and now for one of the most low, bad taste segues ever in the history of podcasts so tell us Holly you cried anything did you cry at do revenge because no. do revenge <laughs> do revenge is the other thing we we're talking about the other high yeah. school set thing that we were talking about that i reviewed back a while back on the podcast holly went to watch it and holly was like oh my god i want to talk about do revenge and i think i even said when i when i reviewed it i was like holly i think you will like this <laughs> i wasn't when you talked about it though i had oh. you just messaged me and said you should watch it Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. I did message you saying that I think I did think it was right up your alley, and I was right. You were absolutely spot on. Yes. What so we need to take like, away from this whole thing is that the man was right. That's what we need to take. Away. Right. Man is always right. Thank you, uh, don't man. Know about, for don't, the don't know about that. Don't know that. That's pushing it a bit too far. <laughs> we could go with it. Um, yeah, I found it an absolute delight. It's as we said before it's a it, it's a high school a grudge film with a you know beautiful young woman who's in the fancy school on a scholarship and is you know brought to brought to shame by the leaking of a somewhat provocative video that her boyfriend had encouraged her to send him which leads to spirals of disaster for her and while she's working uh as a as a paid you know as a paid tennis coach at a at a, just a summer tennis club meets yep. um a, a young woman who has an awful grudge against a, a woman from her past and they are and is joining the school and they decide as i think tosin said at the time very much um oh so, uh, and i now can't think strangers of on the train on trains very strangers on a train but they they swap they swap revenge plots and it's 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 very well done it's it's not a, a repeat of anything i remember seeing before it's not it's not clueless it has elements of clueless to it if one is looking for it but obviously it's 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 modern and, yeah. I, and I say that with a wry smile because none of us are. We are, you know, we are not young people. We do not understand this environment in which they live. So I couldn't tell you how realistic it was because, you know, I'm in my forties. But it was. And I'm, um, I'm, I'm guessing didn't go to private school. I did go to private school. Oh, you did go um, to private school. Ah. I did. I went to boarding school. Oh, so so, so did any did any of this look familiar to you? No, not even vaguely. Nothing. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to go to chapel every morning for a start, so there was a fundamental difference there. We had a lot more praying, um, far more hymns, um, <laughs> um, and really very uncomfortable school uniforms. So no, no, no commonality there at all. Um, but. So it bore no no re no resemblance to any of my school experiences, but watching this sort of upper class American, very very expensive private school existence with cliques and and all sorts of nonsense, as one sees in all high school. Yeah, because as I as I hinted at earlier in this, there is you know how they have that scene in Wednesday where they walk around and they they point out who all the different cliques in the school are. They have a very similar, very self aware scene that kind of like they do this scene in this film where they pretty much say, "Well, this happens in every high school movie, so let's go around and let's show you all the different cliques that are in the school." I thought they did it really well. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a 
I mean, it was a was it a comedy? Sort of a comedy. It was very funny sort in many ways, but I'm not sort of yeah. Say it was, and I don't think it was a drama. Um, so I'm not quite sure what it was, but I enjoyed whatever it was and whatever it was trying to be. It was a I drama dairy. Drama dairy, yes. <laughs> drama uh, dairy, a drama dairy menchuri. Mm. <laughs> we'll go with that, and I would absolutely watch it again in my eternal list of things I will rewatch. As we know, I rewatch almost uh, everything. Oh, no, no, no. Um, this is this is one I would actually join you with. I would join you with rewatching um with watching Do Revenge. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a firmly a you know Saturday afternoon with a giant cup of tea, um you know blanket on the sofa and giggling somewhat. Um, yeah, and it was yeah it was it was good. I really really enjoyed it. So I think that would get a four from me. Yep, yeah, and and also for um, I will be eternally grateful to this film because obviously you say that we are no longer. But we're no longer that age. We're no longer high school. We don't really know what goes on in those places. They probably look alien to us nowadays. But yeah. I will be forever indebted to this film for introducing me to the term NB. Which, it was one of those things that they said it in the film and I was like, okay, I'm just going to Google that. I'm not I'm not so old that I don't know how to Google. I was like, I'm just going to Google that. And I looked up and I was like, oh, I like that. And it's so, uh, and it, the way they say, it, they say, oh, I think it's in the line where they say like a oh, male, female, or NB. And I was like, what? What's NB? What's an NB? And uh, and I looked at it, but it's actually a term for somebody who does not identify as any particular gender. And I was like, I like that because a lot of the terms that I use sometimes, I find them a bit clunky, and I find them a bit kind of like trying to and, and but that was one I was like oh that's actually one that I I, I really like that that that's a that's a useful useful word <laughs> yeah. yes yes yeah. uh, rather than using non-binary which takes longer it just sort of fits into a sentence it sort of flows yeah yeah and it's like I just like I like NB but uh, uh, that and also yeah. the, the the line in the film where they went Oh, you know what we should do? Don't say makeover. Don't say makeover. We should do a makeover. Oh, that's so problematic. I know, but it's so much fun. <laughs> and it was so much fun. Yeah, and uh, I, I think it's quite cool. And I think Maya Maya Hawk, um, daughter of Ethan and Uma. <laughs> so Ethan Hawk and uh, Uma. Thur yeah, 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 yeah. The 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 one who's she's the one who's um she's the she's. The one whose dad restores classic cars. Yes. Yes, and and Camila Mendez, who are the who are the leads. Camila Mendez from most known for Riverdale, but it's um it, yeah they they're really good. So cool. Yeah. Now you say it, I can see the I can see the look. Now you've said it. No, but... honestly, once once you re, once you're told that that is Ethan Hawke and and um, Uma Thurman's daughter, you start seeing it. You start seeing both of them <laughs> all of a sudden. Start, like there's certain looks that she'll do, and sometimes you're like, you know, do a pose like where she's looking over her shoulder, and you're like, oh, it's her mum, <laughs> it's Uma Thurman, and uh, you, you start seeing it. But um, okay, cool. So I think that is it for us this week. Be seen as we had nothing in cinema, so yeah, Netflix one way or whatever. Uh, <laughs> until next week, I was hoping to see Creed three. But I will guess I will have to try and see that at some other point and also maybe get a Marcel the Shell with Shoes on review in. But until that time, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Thank you very much for joining us. We will see you soon.